0: Can y'all hear me? Is my mic working okay? Cool. My name is Jerry Kaiser and I am one of the pastors here at Living Hope. Um, I want to start with this. Sometimes when the Lord's about to do something big, Satan gets really riled up and he does everything he can do to stop it. And I can tell you this week he's been working double time. We had sewage backed up at one location. We had pipes break last night at another. I could go on and on, we had trouble with the slides this morning, and when that stuff starts happening, I get excited because I know something's fixing to happen good, and I know Satan's doing everything he can do to stop it. So this morning, I don't know who it is that the Lord's got here to hear what he's got to say, but I know, I know there's somebody here who needs to hear this, probably more than one, maybe even myself uh, might need to hear it. So y'all hold on because we've got a lot to cover and it's good stuff Um, so let's get going Um, let's do a little quick review before we get going too far we've uh, last two weeks we've talked about quite a few subjects a lot of it focused on addiction Uh, we talked about the fact that addiction is when a person substance activity or ideology becomes what you think about when you wake up in the morning, what you plan for, what you hide from others, and what you spend your money on, what causes guilt or shame, and what you try over and over to eradicate only to find yourself in the same cycle. If any of you have felt any of those things, there's a chance that you might be headed that direction. Um, We talked about trying to understand how addiction happens, that it starts with a hurt, which leads to an escape, which leads to a deception or a lie, and that leads to slavery. Uh, We also talked about generational sins, how things that happen in our family in the past are handed down from generation to generation. Um, Those effects can be handed down in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. Remember we talked about those three things, how you can inherit physical problems from your, mother's, your mother and father and your family, how you can also inherit uh, ungodly beliefs from them, things that happen to you that wound you or hurt you, that are carried down through generations, and how it can actually even affect your spirit, how you feel in your spirit. Uh, we spent some, some time, Earl talked to you last week about body, soul, and spirit wounds, how our soul gets wounded and the effect of it, what it does to us when that happens. And we talked about ungodly beliefs. What are the lies that we believe that lead us into actions that that continue to hurt us? Um, And what is the truth about, what is the only truth, which is is Scripture, what it says in Scripture. Um, We also talked about transforming your mind by renewing your mind the concept of, of, of making your mind align, your thoughts align with God. Um, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. Transformation of the mind, renewing of your mind. Finally, last week, Earl talked about demonic possession and oppression. What is the difference between demonic uh, possession and what does oppression look like? And to some degree, all of us, Christians and non-Christians, are going to be oppressed demonically. There is a spiritual world. The Bible says there is, and there there are influences from that world on us on a daily basis. And they oppress us and mislead us and tell us lies. So we did a pretty good job of covering all the problems. And this week, what I'm hoping to be able to do is really get down to what are the answers. And I'm hoping that this message won't just be considered about people who are struggling with addiction, because addiction definitely is a problem. We've talked about that a lot in the last two weeks. But all of us have been hurt, and all of us need healing from god every one of us and so i'm hoping that those of you here today maybe who aren't struggling with addiction will see that there is a place that you need to be and a place you need to go to get the healing that you need and what that looks like okay so we're going to talk about five the five five of the most important ways that i've seen through years of working with people who've been hurt and who are struggling with their woundedness in many different ways What are the five top ways that you can start coming out of living out that woundedness in your life? Um, And you see them listed here. Prayer and surgical prayer, which we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Renewing the mind. What does that mean? What does it mean to renew your mind? If you're renewing something, it means it must have been new at some point, but now it's not. It needs to be renewed. So we're going to talk about renewing your mind. Um, We're going to talk about daily surrender. What does it mean to surrender to God moment by moment, and what are the effects of that? We're going to talk about the body of Christ. What does it mean to be part of a body of people, a body of believers, and what, how does that help us in this journey? And we're going to talk about continuing to grow. We're going to spend quite a bit of time, and I want to start with the first one, prayer. Prayer. Out of all of these five that we're going to talk about this morning, prayer, in my opinion, is probably the most important. And people have a lot of ideas or misconceptions, in my opinion, about what prayer is and what it's not. Put most simply, prayer is us talking to God and listening to him talk to us. It's communication with God. There's a lot lot of different formats or forms that prayer comes in, and sometimes we get stuck in one or the other and leave one of the most important ones out. we're going to kind of talk about that today. Um, you know, years ago I learned uh, uh, this little uh, acronym for prayer. So, and most of us are familiar with this kind of prayer. Uh, it's A-C-T-S, ACTS. Have any of you all ever heard that acronym before? Probably some of you have. So those letters are, start with their adoration for A and confession for C thanksgiving for T, and supplication for S. Those are the ones that we're most familiar with. probably have heard those. and uh, it, It's a good format when you're starting to pray to kind of get right with God and get connected to God uh, from the very beginning. But it doesn't end there. There are other forms of prayer, and we're going to talk about a few more of those this morning. Uh, Acts confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Uh, there's also another form of prayer that we sometimes miss out on, called intercessory prayer, which is pretty much <laughs> what, what, how the word, what the word says. We are interceding for someone. Intercessory prayer is an act of praying to, to Christ on behalf of oneself or others, asking God to intercede in our, in our situation, whatever it may be, or intercede for someone else. Um, Paul talks about this in Ephesians 6 19. He told the church to pray for one another with supplication and thanksgiving. <coughs> Excuse me. And again in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, he asked them to pray also the same way. So those are probably prayers that y'all have heard about at some point, been exposed to, maybe even uh, prayed in that format. Um, let me say this, though. There aren't any bad prayers to God. I've gone to God many, many times, upset, mad, angry, angry at him, sad. Um, he loves us, and he wants us to come to him with everything. Uh, sometimes I work with the guys in Fresh Wind, and I ask them to pray. There's, uh, when we're in class, I'll get one or another to pray, and sometimes they'll say, I don't know how to pray. And I said, well, just talk to God, dude. <laughs> just tell him what's on your heart. Just just tell him, whatever it is, it's okay, tell him, he wants to hear from you. Um, So all of those kinds of prayer are important, and I'm not saying not to pray that way, because uh, that's what God wants us to do. But there's another kind of prayer that's very different, that gets left out very often. And for lack of a better word for it, I call it surgical prayer. Um, surgical prayer is prayer that seeks the throne of Christ specifically so Christ can heal and communicate with you and restore your soul. When you come in the presence of God, when you're ready, prepared, you've surrendered, you've, you've confessed and you're at the throne of God in his presence in prayer, I've never seen that happen that something miraculous didn't change. Uh, Sometimes it takes time and sometimes it happens real fast. Uh, But in surgical prayer we are seeking the presence of God so that the great healer, the great surgeon can literally heal a wound that we have in our soul or our spirit. Um, It's prayer. It's prayer that penetrates to our very soul and spirit, and I, I found that it's most helpful if you have a guide to get there. Um, at Fresh Wind, the recovery ministry for men that I've been talking about the last two or three weeks, we have several prayer teams that pray with these gentlemen. Uh, four days a week, we have prayer right now, um, and what those prayer teams are seeking to do is simply carry them into the presence of God and let God do what only he knows needs to be done. Um, It requires the individual surrendering to God and being prepared and opening up to God. But sometimes having a guide is helpful. Um, I myself have prayer on a regular basis. We have a prayer team that meets with me every other Friday in praise, but I also go a few times a year for surgical, what I call surgical prayer. Um, All of us have wounds. All of us have places that God wants to enter into and restore and heal, and those wounds are leading us into believing things that aren't true and leading us into actions that are hurting us and often hurting other people, Um, so I go uh, a few times a year. I went about a year ago uh, for prayer, and the whole time I was there, I, I had some things going on. You know, God wasn't performing the way I wanted him to. Have you ever had that conversation with him? <laughs> I'm sure he chuckles when he hears that, <laughs> but I was kind of a little upset with God. I, you know, I, I read in my resume, have you ever done that? Here, Lord, I did this, and I did this. and I did... How come you're not doing this, right? I was, I was having one of those kind of prayers, and in that prayer session, I just didn't feel anything really happen. Um, I, I knew I was in the presence of God, but I believe that probably there was a part of me that was sealed off from him and resisting him, possibly because I was upset with him, I don't know, but I didn't really feel anything happen in that prayer session. Knew I should be there, knew I needed to be there, and, um, and I left the prayer session, and over the course of the next several months, What I learned later on was God had done something in that prayer, but it was going to be a very slow process. Excuse me. About a year later, I went back again for the same kind of prayer. Same two people prayed for me, same room, everything else was the same. I was still struggling with God and a little upset with him and wanting him to behave better, you know. And uh, I went into the room, and in, in my in my whole prayer life, and in my life, I've only had what I would classify as two visions, where I actually God actually showed me something in my mind, like it was happening right then. And uh, and in that second prayer session, about a year later, uh, I had a vision from God, and it was it was uh, clear as a bell, uh, and. Um, you know, in, in Fresh Wind, what I struggle with a lot of times is, uh, you know, I'm the administrator. I have to do this and do that and make this happen and pay this bill, and you know, I hate doing it, y'all. I'm good at it. I used to run a business. I'm pretty good at it, but I hate it. What I want to do is be with these men, and I want to be in the classroom with them, and I want to be talking with them. That's what I want to be doing. But somebody's got to do this other stuff, and I was. That's part of what I was angry with God about. Come on, Lord, let me, let me, let me help these men. Um, and in the vision, I was walking down a path, and I could, I could see this in my mind like it was happening right that moment. I was walking down a path, and uh, as I walked down the path, I looked down, and there was a sword on the ground. So I picked the sword up, and I was walking along with Christ. He wasn't saying anything like he hadn't been saying anything about this problem for a while. And I picked that sword up, and I thought, okay, I'm ready to fight now. I got a sword. I'm ready to go, right? I walked down the path a little longer, and Christ was walking beside me, and I saw a slingshot. <laughs> and I, all of a sudden, it, it, Christ spoke to my heart and said, See, you don't need a sword, and I picked up the slingshot. It's interesting, if you think about it, uh, you all all know what happened with a slingshot in the Bible, right? David killed a giant, right? And I thought, Okay, i got a slingshot now. I'm going to kill this giant, and I'll be fine and I walked down the path a little further with God and and in that moment he said, lay him down, Jerry. This is my fight, not yours. And in that moment, I I got the answer that I had prayed for a year before and that was, it was God's battle. All I needed to do was to show up every day and do what he was asking me to do. Uh, And so that had never happened. Well, it happened to me one time before in prayer a long time ago but it's only the second vision I've ever had, and it was a surgical prayer. It was something in me that was broken and misled that needed to be healed, and God did it. It took him a year because I'm real hard-headed, you know, and he was willing to wait because <laughs> he knew that, right? But in that moment, he healed the, the anger and frustration and all the stuff that was going on in my, in my heart on that day. So if you go for prayer and you go for a surgical kind of prayer or you get involved in this kind of prayer, it may not happen the first time. It didn't for me, but something started changing in me even that first time. And over the course of that next year before I prayed again, I was ready, and God knew I was ready to hear it. And so something in, in a big way changed. And we all need this, this kind of prayer. We're broken and hurting. This is, a, this is a messed up world we live in, right? I mean, uh, we get hurt. We get hurt by the world. We get hurt by our friends. We get hurt by other people. It's just difficult. And we're all going to have wounds that God wants to and is willing to heal if we're willing to get, this ki- get go to him in this kind of prayer. So how do you know if this kind of, if this kind of healing may be needed for you? What does it look like? How do you feel when these, when you're, when God is, you know, what are the symptoms, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that there's something that God needs to heal like this. Um, so there's seven possible things that might be, uh, might be the reason, and there's also some symptoms of it. Um, the first one is generational sins and curses. We've, we talked about that quite a bit last week. What are the things I'm carrying forward from my forefathers, from my mothers and fathers and my family? And, and, uh, and then the second thing is ungodly beliefs. What are the things I'm believing, God, like I was believing, that I had to do? It had to be me that I was doing the things that needed to be done and, and the Lord was letting me down. What are the ungodly beliefs that we have um, that God needs to correct and make and give me the truth of give us the truth about. It. <clears throat> what are the unbiblical beliefs or expectations? Unrealistic expectations lead to all kinds of trouble, believe me, right? And, and you know we get trained for these even at a young age. Um, our families and, and the world tells us things that lead us into expectations that went, that, frustrations for us and and brokenness Um, you know when I was growing up my dad said son you can be anything you want to be if you just work hard enough that was a lie I can't be a jockey that's not gonna happen (laughs) not unless they make horses a lot bigger (laughs) you know it's not gonna happen right I can't duck a basketball I am six-foot-three but I've got gravity is working on me and I can't dunk a basketball It used to upset me when I was younger. There's there's things the world tells us that aren't true, and those things lead to expectations that just make us so frustrated and angry. Um, There are inner vows and promises that we make. Um, One of the ones that I remember from growing up was, if you've ever grown up, my dad was a perfectionist. No matter what I did, it wasn't good enough. And I remember thinking as I was growing up, and he was, you know, I was an A student, but I wasn't an A plus student, and he would, he would fuss at me about that, or whatever it was, I remember thinking, when I grow up, I'm not gonna be like my dad. That was a vow. It was a promise I was making to myself that I would not turn out like my dad. Guess what? I did, right? Um, and that was a vow that had to be broken, that I shouldn't expect my son To be like me, he's he's a different person. I shouldn't expect my daughter to be like me. And uh, I've got three wonderful grandsons now, and I look at them sometimes and say, man, that's just like me. (laughs) And I can see those generational sins and those inner vows being handed down. Um, The fifth symptom that we see sometimes or the fifth aspect of this is traumatic pictures. The way our mind works, our mind will record events that are traumatic in a special way. They're actually, they're actually impressed in our memory in a way that we can't let go of them. Uh, and, and I'm sure we all have uh, events like that. Uh, to give you an example, uh, I remember when my dad was on his deathbed. I, like it was yesterday. I can see this picture like I'm there right now. Walked up to his, um, his room in the hospital, and my dad was one of those guys that grew up never told you, he never used the word love. I think he had told me he loved me one other time, or it was just, Jerry, I love you. And I remember distinctly my dad sitting on the bed with him and him saying, Jerry, I know I haven't told you, but I love you. It was a traumatic event, and that seared in my mind I'll remember it forever, right? Um, and the sadness that went with it, that it, you know, and when I left the room, I thought, well, Dad, why did, you, why did you have to wait till you were dying to tell me that, <laughs> you know? Why, did you, why weren't you telling me that the whole time I was growing up? But those are traumatic events that in our minds get locked in a place, and that place usually with trauma creates a wound. So those are those traumatic pictures, and there's a lot of them. If you think back in your life right now, you can probably think of some of these moments in your life or minutes where something like this happened and how it made you feel. And as a matter of fact, when you think about it, the emotion comes back just as powerfully as the moment that it happened. Uh, It has a lot to do with how our brain works and how God created us, but those traumatic pictures or events very often are telling us We have something that God wants to to heal, right? We've talked already about word curses, uh, where we make promises that we can't keep, or we, uh, we curse someone, or we say something in anger that damages them. I had all three of my grandsons with me yesterday, and as my oldest grandson was walking out the door, he and my wife had a little encounter. And he told her she was stupid. <laughs> he said, Tilly, you're stupid, and I'm not doing that, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, that was, a, that was in a way kind of a word curse. It was a broken moment between her and, and uh, my grandson, Trey. Of course, Tilly's a good grandmother, and she didn't let him get away with that. So maybe he learned a little something in that. But word curses, vows... Things we say that hurt other, other people or hurt us. And then finally, demonic oppression. And we've talked about that a lot. What that feels like. What, it, uh, what people don't understand, and we see this a lot in Fresh Wind, because these guys are a little raw when they come. They've they got a lot going on. But inside of each one of us, whether we acknowledge it or not, or even know what's going on, there's this tremendous battle going on in what we think and believe, right? And in the midst of that battle, if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is, is, is teaching and encouraging and convicting and leading us. And at the same time, Satan is telling lies, and he's trying everything he can do to get you to believe the lies and not believe the truth. And that battle rages in us all the time. You know, Paul talked about it. He said, I don't do the things I know I should do. And do the things I know I shouldn't do. He's describing this battle that goes on in our head all the time. And in an addiction, it's real, str- that battle is more like a war, um, the things that go on in someone's head. And that demonic influence and oppression is very, very real. Uh, and it's going on in all of us all the time to different degrees depending on uh, where, the situation and where we're at in our healing. So, a heart. A healed heart, one that God has started to heal, one that he's in the process of healing these wounds and, and straightening out the, the ungodly beliefs, um, a healed heart radiates faith. Um, like I was telling you this morning, I had every obstacle you can imagine coming at me, trying to keep me from being here this morning. On Friday, towards the end of the week, and even this morning, we had some obstacles this morning. And I just, you know, I just knew that God had something he wanted to say this morning, and I was going to stand up here and try to say it, right? And that's, that's, that's faith speaking. My belief in him, not me. My belief that he would be here and that he would move in this message. Um, and, and so a, a healed heart starts radiating faith. It radiates hope. Uh, in, in, in what we do in Fresh Wind... There are a lot of guys that we can't help. I lost a man yesterday that, that died in the hospital <clears throat> because his liver broke down and he couldn't, couldn't function anymore. And in the midst of all those difficult situations, in the midst of all the brokenness and, and the hurt and the things I hear from them, hope lives. Because there are men there that, whose lives have been changed and I see God change them. There are men who don't even look anymore like they did when they came. Physically or emotionally, I see them healed, and I see them ministering to other men, and I see their lives restored. So in the midst of all that other stuff, hope radiates. Hope is there. And, and you know who it is, right? <laughs> it's Christ. He's in, he's in the midst of that ministry. And uh, so uh, a healed heart radiates hope. And I think maybe most importantly, a healed heart, one that's been healed from some of these wounds I'm talking about, lives lavishly in love. It loves. It loves God's people, even when they're mean (laughs) and angry. Uh, A healed heart feels God's love so powerfully that it flows from them to other people. You know, I love teaching the men. I don't know how good a teacher I am, but I love doing it. But you know what teaches them the most? They feel that I love them. They feel the love that comes from God that flows through me. And that's what where the changes start, in that love. Um, the verse in 1 Corinthians, and um, I, it's probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I'm sure you all have heard it, but I'm going to read it to you. Listen to this. This is one of the most powerful statements in the Bible about love. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans, that's hard to even think about, and possessed all knowledge, And if I had such faith that I could tell a mountain to move, and it would move, but didn't love others, it would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained absolutely nothing. (coughs) Excuse me. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. I mean, how powerful. And then towards the end, he says the, 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 the thing that just kind of defines the whole verse Three things will last forever. So all these three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love will last forever. But the greatest of these is love. Hard to even imagine love being greater than faith and hope, but God says it is. So love radiates from a a healed heart, one that's come to God and experienced some of his healing in a significant way. So all, this, all that I'm telling you is just words unless you are willing to do something about it, <laughs> you know. Uh, nothing changes if we have this thing in, in the recovery. We say nothing changes if nothing changes, right? It involves change, and change means you, me, have to do something different than we're doing if we want to grow and change. So here's what I would suggest to you. At Living Hope Church, you can go to the website and you can sign up for prayer. All you got to do is go to Living uh, livinghopeathens.org backslash prayer and send an email and ask for prayer. Rachel, who's our prayer minister, Rachel Sims, would, be, would love to pray with you. And she's one of the ladies that prays with the fresh wind guys. And I'm going to tell you something. When she's in the prayer room, she's amazing. That's her place you know she probably should just stay in there and live in there all day cuz that's it man she's in the right place when she's in there w- with folks just sign up for prayer just do it don't don't you know what good's a message what good is knowledge if you don't act on it so go to our website and sign up for prayer and she'll she'll be flexible she'll work with you and get you in there and pray with you and it's it's one of the safest places you can be the way she prays she's just very loving, and it, it, you just need to go. Go to the throne of God and see what he's got to say to you. It's always good. Every time I've ever, even, you know, even in the dream where God spoke to me, man, it was amazing. My, all of a sudden, all the pressure was just lifted off of me. I didn't need the sword or the slingshot, I just needed to let God do it, right? My life changed in that moment. Um, so the next one I want to talk about is renewing the mind. So there's some steps to go through in changing your mind, changing what you believe. Uh, First of all, you've got to stop waiting for a miracle to change your mind. God might do that, but you have a job to do too. You need to go to him. Stop believing that you can't control your thoughts. We teach a series called Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Myers. You can, be, you can learn how to control what goes on in your head. It is doable. God says it is, and it is. You can start filtering the things that are flowing through your mind and say, that's not from God, that's not from God, this is God. And you can start living that way. It's teachable, it's learnable, it's doable. You've got to be careful what you feed your mind with, you know, because the world is full of things that will, will tell you lies, and distort the truth. Uh, you know, um, I, I kid with my wife about the TV. I, I, Y'all you know, like watching TV? I'm, I'm guilty. I like watching television. But as we've grown in faith, we've determined that if we're looking for something on TV that doesn't have drugs, sex, violence, or language in it, it pretty much narrows down to home improvement. <laughs> That's about all you can watch. It doesn't do some of that, you know. Uh, and every now and then, it kind of eases in there if you're not careful. But, so we watch a lot of HGTV and home improvement because she's right. She gets on me about it. You need to be careful what goes in your mind. Confess what you believe and what you feel. Just be honest about it. It's okay to say, I'm angry. I'm, I'm sad. I'm, Men are terrible about this too, man. They don't want to admit any of that stuff. Uh, But confess. Talk about uh, what you believe. Try to resist negative thoughts. We talked about that a minute ago. Use that filter that Joyce Meyer teaches in Battlefield of the Mind. And then celebrate the process. Uh, This morning when we were worshiping, after all the stuff that happened to me today, I I was struggling, (laughs) you know, between... Sewage and water pipes and, uh, I mean, I, could, I don't even want to tell you all the rest of the things. But anyway, but when we were singing up here when the, when the praise band was leading us, man, I, I started tearing up. I mean, I, the celebration was so powerful. I don't know about y'all, but I could, I could see the throne. I could feel his presence in the worship time. And finally, expect miracles. <coughs> Our God is a miracle maker. And he loves showing off, y'all. He's ready, willing, and able to show you how he, how powerful and loving he is, and 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 that he's the one that's in charge. So expect miracles. I've got a. The next thing I want to talk about is, um, well, I'll let the video show you if we can get it to play. Watch this little video. It's from Rudy, the movie Rudy. If you haven't watched it, you need to. Maybe I haven't prayed enough. (laughs) I'm sure that's not the problem. Praying is something we do in our time. The answers come in God's time. Have I done everything I possibly can? Can you help me? Son, in 35 years of religious studies, I've come up with only two hard, incontrovertible facts. There is a God and... I'm not him. Well, the the sound wasn't too good on that. But what the priest says at the end is there is a God, and it's not me, right? Uh, I've got that written on my board at Fresh Wind, so I won't forget it. Because you know what? Sometimes I try to take his job from him. Do you all do that? <laughs> I forget that he's the God. He's the healer, not me. Uh, one of the things I tell the guys the first week they're there is, look, I know you think, you think you're here because I can help you. Well, that's not true. (laughs) The only one that can heal you is God. I can lead you to him, and I will. I can point to him, and I will. But at the end of the day, there is a God, and it's not me, and he loves you and wants to help you, right? Uh, So you've got to quit trying to be the God in your life. You've got to let God do what God does and me do what God asked me to do, which is not to lead, by the way. It's to follow him. That's what Christ said, follow me. He didn't say, lead, and I'll follow you. He said, follow me. Um, the next thing that, uh, that we should talk about is being a part of the body of Christ. Um, it's, it's kind of a hard concept to think about. I, I know Scripture does a pretty good job of, uh, of talking about it, and you've heard Pastor Holt preach about, you know, uh, the finger does this, and the eye does this, and the ear does that, but... Um, uh, you know, being part of a body is a is a difficult thing for us. But here's the reality in it, and I, you know, you just can't do this alone. You were not created to do this alone. In Genesis, one of the first in the, in in early in Genesis, it talks about it. It says it it says to the God, excuse me, God says to the man. It's not good to be alone. It's not good for the man to be alone. We can't do this by ourselves. When Jesus sent out the disciples, he sent them out in pairs because they knew they needed to be with each other. And, uh, you know, not just in addiction, but in life in general, you better have somebody that you can walk along with and have these conversations with, and probably a whole bunch of them. I have several, including my wife, that, you know, that, that I talk with when I'm... When I'm when things are bothering me or I'm struggling, I mean, you know, we've, we we talk about them, and I have men in my life that I talk to about these things. In an addiction, it's just mandatory. You've got to have accountability. You've got to have somebody you can pick up the phone and say, "I'm in trouble," and you've got to be willing to do that. A lot of the guys won't do that. You got to be willing to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I'm about, I, I'm I'm mad, I'm upset, I'm 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 sitting in the parking lot at the liquor store right now." You got to have somebody you can count on in those moments and it's because God designed us that way you have to be part of the body of Christ Uh, and the last one is growth if you're not growing you're probably dying if you're not feeding yourself with the body of Christ with worship, with the word with uh, being in, in communication with others, uh, learning and growing in, in what you know about the Scripture, if you're not doing those things, there's a good chance you've started to, re- to die. Uh, when, when I have a guy that's relapsed and I sit down with him, I say, okay, let's start talking about what happened. Are you going to church? No. Do you have an accountability partner? No. Or, you know, I just start going down the list and, and their answer is no because you know what? They wandered away from all the things that would protect them. And it's true for us, too. And, you know, uh, we can't do it any other way. I can't redesign me, and God's the one that designed me, and he designed me for these things. Uh, So if I decide I'm going to quit growing and learning, guess what? Immediately Satan's going to jump in and start becoming my teacher and start growing me the wrong direction, right? Right? So, in a quick review, we've talked about prayer. Just sign up for it. Just trust me. Just do it one time. If you don't like it, you never have to go back. Okay? Just try it. In sales, that's called the puppy dog close. You know, if you're trying to get somebody to adopt a puppy, all you got to do is hand it to them. Once they play with it a little while, that's it, right? They're going to keep it. Just try it. If you don't like it, it's okay. You don't ever have to go back. and, and just, So just give it a try. And we talked about renewing your mind, surrendering every day, knowing that there's a God, letting God be God and not me, and being part of the body of Christ and continually growing. Those are the five key elements that I've found over the years. And I want to end up, and I'm going to say it again, Just sign up for prayer. Just try. Just try it one time. Get on the website and let Rachel's make you an appointment and get you some prayer. Um, So I think we've got time. Yeah, we do. We've got time for a few questions. I don't know who's handling the mics. I think Jimmy is and maybe someone else. But we have covered a bunch of stuff the last three weeks. And if there's any question you've got or something you want to comment on, let's do it. If you don't do it, I'm going to sing, and you don't want that, let me tell you. It would not be good. This is Brandon Byers. Jerry, you said uh, about confess what you be- believe, not what you feel. Yes. Can you, Because when you were talking about that, I didn't, I didn't really get a good warm and fuzzy about it. Can you explain that a little bit further? Yeah, confess what you believe, not what you feel. Man, feelings will lie. Because very, feelings aren't right or wrong, right? They're feelings. They're not right or wrong. But the belief that created the feeling can be wrong. It can be a lie. And so if, if you're confessing, there's nothing wrong with going to God and saying I'm sad and there's no, or saying I'm angry. I told you a minute ago I'd do that. But what you really got to examine and take to the throne is asking God to reveal to you if something you're believing is wrong, is not the truth. Because those, the things that you believe or think will lead into a feeling. And the feeling's not right or wrong. But the action that comes from that feeling will get you in trouble a lot, a lot of times, right? So you've got to go back and not be so concerned that you're angry, although, it, you know, it's important. But what made me angry? What am I believing that led me to anger? God, expose to me the truth in this situation. Not just, not just make, my feel, make my anger feel better, but tell me, What's the, what's, not, what's the truth in this? I don't know if that explained it well, but that's what I'm talking about. A lot of times we just live off our feelings and we don't really try to examine why we feel that way. And it just becomes a vicious cycle over and over again of doing the same things from the feeling. But there's no healing in that. There's no resolution in that, right? What I've got to dec- decide is... You know, in, like in my case, I had to go back and think about, well, why am I angry at God about the fact he's not doing, letting me do what I want to do, right? I had to go back and examine the, the, what was the belief. The belief was, I know better than God what I should be doing. And that's not truth, <laughs> at all, right? So that, that's, I hope that answered your question. anybody Anybody else, another question? I just have a comment. This really hit home last week, and every time I see it, I just want to weep. But with the progress being made by some of the men, when I see one of the younger men or newer men go and fall on their face before God to have an encounter with God, then I see some that have made progress and go up there kneel beside them and put their arms around them, I think there's not a sweeter picture of God's redemption than that. And what I think, and I see in these men, is they come here for a blessing, and then they begin to be a blessing to others. And it's just, it's heartwarming. It really is. It is, isn't it? It's addictive, (laughs) Ann. If it wasn't, I wouldn't keep doing it. It's addictive, watching God move and working and healing them and bringing bringing them together in only the way that God can bring them together. Um, And it almost always starts in prayer. I mean, it's, I'll send guys to the prayer house for these ladies to pray for them, and the first time they go, they're like, I ain't going to, I'm not going to the prayer house. I know how to pray. I'm not going to. Well, I don't want to go to the prayer house for them. Um, and they're a little anxious maybe about what's going to happen, uh, you know, and I say, listen, just trust me. Just go. And it, you know, just go and see what God's got to say. And they'll come back, and it, it, you can see the presence of God on them when they come back. Now, if they don't do all those other things we're talking about, it'll, they'll ease right back down that road again. But you, God just moves in them and works in them and heals them and changes them, right? Uh, and it's a real honor that God has asked me to, to help them the way that we help them, the way the, the leaders at Fresh Wind help. It's, it's a big honor. Anybody else? all right so next week there's a before david preaches there's a test on this so you need to save your notes and you know you jerry we've got one over here brother okay good morning jerry um, hey good morning who is that over there is that jr that's jr hey jr hey i've been in this program for five months now and uh i've been through the prayers and you know I, it, this place has changed my life a, a lot this church the people that are involved with the program and uh I just want to tell you thank you for all that you've done for me and, you know, all the people that are in this program. And, you know, um, I just i am very grateful for the things that you've done for me, man. And I want you to know that I'm, I'm thankful. Thank you. You know what, JR, when I see men like you that's lives are changed, man, it's a, it feeds me. You know, I, it really just inspires me to just keep going. And listen, it's not just me. We have 25 or 30 volunteers. They're all volunteers. Everybody in Fresh Wind that works with these men are volunteers, and they're they're all amazing. The prayer team, the teachers, uh, the the people that help me in the office. Uh, I, I could go on and on. The servant leaders, guys who've been through the ministry, want to stay and help other men, and they're not getting paid to do it. They're you know. They're staying because they want other men to get what they've got to be able to be healed. Uh, so it's an amazing, it, you know, people ask me all the time, how's, how's your ministry going, how's fresh wind? And I say, it is amazing and terrible. Because <laughs> it is. I mean, you get to see both sides of it. So Well, thank you all for listening to me the last three weeks. It has been an honor to speak to you. And uh, just uh, I'm, I'll just leave you with one quick thought. Oh, we got one more question. Okay. No, I just got to uh, give my thanksgiving. Fresh Winds uh, bless my brother. I'm so grateful. First time he went in, Mr. Jerry, his sugar was almost 500, 400, or something, and he looked like death. And I was leaving, and Mr. Jerry said, I have diabetes as well. He said, Sometimes it can be drug related, but I'm going to try to work with him. The next Sunday I came. He looked a whole lot better. And I'm just so grateful for the progress and the love that my family have received from this church and from fresh winds. I am so grateful. And I just want to thank God for you guys so much. Thank you. (laughs) And, And Todd, we're getting that sugar stuff licked, aren't we? It's getting better. I know what that feels like, brother. Well. Uh, again, thank you for ha- for letting me speak the last three weeks. Next week you get Pastor Holt back. I hate to follow Pastor Holt because he's such a good pastor. I know I can't, I can't possibly follow him, but uh, uh, I think, uh, Jeff, where are we at right now? I've lost track. My mind got messed up. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, if the if the praise band would come up, please, and if the prayer ministers would Uh, Would gather on the sides for us, please. Maybe you know. Maybe you're not the one who has the addiction issue. Uh, Maybe you know someone that's hurting and struggling that you need to pray for, and maybe it's you. I don't know. I mean, I I need it every week. And if you would get with one of the prayer ministers while you're here this morning and just spend some time bringing that to God. Thanks. And uh, we're gonna.